wrapping up the automation discussion, and differentiators in smart home devices. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by the Mac Voices Dispatch, our weekly newsletter to keep you up on all the latest from Mac Voices. Watch or listen to Mac Voices straight from your email client. Sign up at macvoices.com newsletter and stay up to date. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is part two in a Mac Voices live conversation that started out, we thought, with what would be a short conversation about Mac and iOS automation and got into something a lot deeper. We wrap up that part of the conversation and then start talking about some of the things that maybe didn't make the keynote stage, but we felt were equally important, maybe more important than the things that did, and also start a conversation about differentiating smart home devices. So let's go right back and let the panel do the talking. I think we will see more come to this mostly because it's sort of more worth it if you can do it for both your iOS app and your Mac OS app. Or, you know, I think uh, like if you maybe only have, if you had an, a, an app that's available on both platforms and uh, maybe you didn't spend a lot of time on building any of the intentions or any of the, the shortcut abilities in the iOS version, because like, I don't want to have to build it in the iOS version. It's not going to do me any good on the Mac version, but now that you can do it for both, maybe there's an opportunity there that people will see, like there is a benefit to spending that time because now I will have it on iOS, but I will also have it on Mac OS. And that makes it more, uh, more interesting to me and more worth my time to be a thing that I'm going to develop. You know what I mean? So I think it's possible that this is going to just get more popular and that uh, all this is going to do is increase adoption of shortcuts, particularly for um, for people who are huge shortcuts fans on iOS who also have Macs and are for, are super familiar with how it works and how to put it, how to put a, a shortcut together and what kind of things you need to do and what makes a good shortcut. Uh, like that's going to be a thing where I think like this summer we're just going to see like a wave of I'm being really optimistic, but I think we're going to see a wave of people saying like here's all the interesting things you can do now that you have Apple script to back up all of the stuff that you're doing in shortcuts. So, yeah. David, you've been awfully quiet here and I don't want to leave shortcuts, the shortcut discussion without getting your thoughts because I, I saw a comment you made in, in our, in our private <laughs> chat here on, and I, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not in the Brittany and Andrew camp, but I'm also, I feel like I'm a little closer to your camp. Okay, so I don't feel so outnumbered here. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've dabbled in shortcuts. I, I've used them on iOS. I have a few of them. Um, you know, I'll go to Mac Stories. Federico Vitucci's got amazing uh, archive of shortcuts to, to, to play around with and try to look at. In fact, I was going to go back on my bookshelf. I have Sal Zagoyan's uh, Apple Scripts book behind me here that's been sitting on my shelf probably for the last 10 years <laughs> probably uh and wanted to, to learn more about it and you know just it, it, it ended up back on my bookshelf so i mean there's a lot i mean there's a lot of benefits to it a lot of a lot of things i should i'd like to learn more about um you know working in the enterprise i'm i have to learn more about powershell because powershell's in on, on the windows side is is uh, and, and and the mac side for that matter but powershell does does work on mac uh, uh there's a lot of automation that, that, that we do to, to, to make things easier to, 
to manage things. And I'm sure Kelly can attest that too with some of the things she works on. Um, so it, it, it all has some great things to do. And I just, yeah, like you, Chuck, I, I'm not, I'm, I haven't really delved into it too deep. Yeah. I, I keep finding little things that I feel like will benefit um, will benefit me. And when I do apply shortcuts to them, it's like, yeah, this is great. My problem, like, I think like a lot of people is just recognizing that I do these four or five, three, four or five step things, six, seven, eight, nine, 10 step things on a pretty consistent basis. Right. And don't really even think about it because that's just the way I've done it. And I need to recognize now that if I take just a little bit of time, if I take, you know, 10 minutes to half an hour and figure out a shortcut for this, then I save all that time every time I do it. Yeah. It's not a small thing. The so. other the other benefit is once you've got it in, it won't ever make a mistake. It'll be done correctly every time. So that's that's the other big benefit of automation. Sometimes that's even a bigger benefit where even if it takes you so long to create the thing that you know you're not it's gonna take you a long time to pay back the savings, but the fact that it's playing back accurately and you don't have to worry about how did I do that again? Just press the button. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's move on from shortcuts because um, we didn't. This is a topic that keeps coming back, and, and there's a lot of interest here by the panel, and and I let it go, folks, uh, in the chat room, and for those of you listening, because interest. Think about what just happened here. We had one person say that shortcuts on the Mac may change his decision, his purchase decision. Um, we hear we're hearing about efficiencies. We're hearing about the programmer's view, and we also hear now that. It will uh, shortcuts will tie in with Apple scripts, and Apple scripts are hugely important to a lot of industries out there and a lot of, of of industrial users for a whole lot of things. So the fact that first of all it's not going away is great news. Second, the fact that it may be even a little more accessible through shortcuts is even better news. So I think we'll be coming back to this on a pretty regular basis. Um. I, again, you know, I just I did want to just let us touch on WWDC keynote now that we've had a full week, a little bit better than a week to digest everything. And Frank, you said something about that you saw a video with all these things that, you know, we didn't really pick up on initially. Um, so uh, to the group, you know, anything that has come up in the last week that really rattled your chain and said, wow, this is going to make a this is going to make an impact for me. Um, beyond just the, the major announcements? I found that basically from the, I watched one on iPad OS, iOS and Mac OS, it was on Zone of Tech. And it wasn't like, it was strange because it wasn't, there wasn't anything major. It's like, like I was saying about the thing about the dictating. Um, the interesting thing they was that they kept going on about was, you know, Apple was showing us all this other stuff. Why didn't they show us all the things they sort of fixed? Stuff that we've wanted. But, but for some reason, for Apple. Keynote. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, but neither does not showing up with hardware that everybody thought was going to be there. They would have been better. Uh, I think there would have been less damage. Yeah. If they had pushed that, look, we've fixed this stuff, we've tweaked it, we finally oiled it, we changed the spark plugs on it, it's running fine now. 
Unfortunately, the car hasn't arrived. And this is the first time in history that everyone has agitated for Apple to do a thing that Apple didn't do. The first time in history. That's absolutely not true in any way, shape, or form. I feel like for those listening to the podcast, you could not hear Kelly's hair flying in the, the breeze. She <laughs> we got to get shaking her head hey, Dave, Dave, get your sound effects going. Get steam yeah. deck going. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, Frank, I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I and I, I agree with Jay's comment, but even more so, um, you know, that just I mean, we already had a two hour keynote. And and think about all the things that we've heard, learned subsequently, fixed or not, just you know little things. I mean, we we could have been there for two days going through some of this. So I don't I don't think you can I don't think you can damn Apple for that. You know, I I think that's just part part of the game. You know that okay, so we do a revision to an app and we fix this. And that's not and, even how they would say it. They would just say it works this way now. You, you know, yes. you're welcome, as opposed to like it used to be broken and we fixed the broken part. And so here is your fix. That's never going to be anything Apple's ever going to say in one of those kind of events like ever. It doesn't matter what one it is. It's never going to be. We fixed this thing. It's going to be you have this now. You know, when you click on this button, nothing crashes like they're not. I mean, they're never going to say it like that. It's going to be I, like you do this. You're welcome. You know, I've got one that's like a really tiny little touch that I super appreciate. I don't want anyone to like, like choke on anything, but I actually use my phone as a phone fairly often. And um, I, I have been guilty of brushing my arm past my pocket and going on mute and not knowing it. It now makes a sound when you mute and unmute. Well, I mean, I know it. Oh. Yes. <laughs> um, How about but- pocket FaceTiming? Did they fix that? I've never actually done that, I, but I have done the mute thing. And, and yes. so now it makes a sound and it's one of those like, well, duh things that, mm-hmm. you know, discord does, but it was something that they learned from a competitor and, um, and brought it in. And I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Um, first of all, you're talking about the beta, Brittany. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was 15. So, it's a okay, thing they so- added to, I was 15 that nobody tooted a horn yeah. about, but it didn't exists. make it on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and it has improved it, my life already today. So what I so what you're saying is that if you're talking to me and you hit mute, you get a tone. I don't get a tone because that's you don't be get stupid. a tone. I get a tone. But you you get know a tone. I might okay. I've got a chance of knowing that they're not hearing my rant for the next 15 minutes. <laughs> that's okay. cool. Yeah, it's nice. Um, so, I you would said like that was the thing, and that was one that I it's as of. if people yeah. at Apple actually use their own stuff. Like this is the Which first often yeah, isn't like, the case <laughs> in 2020 people actually resorted to making phone calls on their iphones and went wow we got to fix this and so now it's fixed right um one that i noticed was uh that split screen and slide over are going to be much easier to use which uh right now is a giant pain in the foot we'll say foot yeah that's it but um it's a it's it's a huge hassle to try and get into split screen mode to get into slide over mode and they've got the little drop down at the top now so you can just tap on that and do it a lot more easily than you can do it in iOS 14 and I'm very excited to uh, get a good look at that and start using it because I'm I think it's going to be something I really appreciate so that's something that I'm Wasn't definitely that in looking the keynote? forward to yeah that was in the keynote that's a thing 
that is like a fix, but they never really talked about like, we made it less dumb to do this thing that is currently stupidly complicated. Like, it's just look at this, look what you can do now. And it's great. You know, Um, the thing that I thought was the hugest thing in iPadOS was the thing that they literally said and then never showed and never made mention of the rest of the keynote, which was drag and drop has come to iOS. And now we're going to talk to blah, blah, blah about the blah, 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 blah. And like, whoa, 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 drag and drop. But like that, that was literally like the entire sentence was drag and drop is now on iPadOS. And that's all they said. Yeah. You know what I've heard them Didn't talk about a lot. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they showed that in the keynote. They showed it, it between as uh, yes, iOS said drag and, and drop. No, they showed it drop and that was going it. from one app to another within iOS. But that was honestly, like, I don't know how it, to do it. And I'm on it. It was as they said, and mm-hmm. drag and drop has come to iOS. And then that was it. That was like all the mention of it. There was no here's no, how they it showed, works or anything. They showed they they no, showed Andrew, I'm it. not drunk. That's really I think I that was with universal there. control. They had the uh, oh, yeah. thing over to another thing. Oh, that was a different thing. But they, I, I, I remember seeing them dragging some a file or something and dropping it. Yeah, onto, I don't remember you know, seeing it, but it, I just it was, did it. There was, was so cool. much, you know. It was <laughs> yeah. just like that keynote was packed. Yeah, it, was, it must have been was, universal control, which I thought was yeah, completely that was a game changer. But I was confused because um, I both iOS and iPadOS have had drag and drop for a while, but that's just on their own separate. But only within an app. So now now it allows you to drag it from one app to another. It had to be in the keynote because that's the only way I would know about it. Mm -hmm. I tell you, the thing that got me, though, is when they showed that they dragged from an iPad through a MacBook to an iMac. Now, other than geeks, who own all those? Well, everybody has an old iMac or an old laptop and, and it's sitting in the garage a, and a slightly less old, either iPad or current Mac. And then a current Mac, like lots Frank, of people have that. So it's possible. Frank, this is a developer conference. We all uh, have sure. that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's a re- like. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Lemon in the wound. Well, that's one of those moments <laughs> that I think sort of reminded people it was a developer conference because that this event has morphed over the years into something slightly different as the entire world tunes in to see what the next version of mac os and the next version of ios are going to look like like there's this didn't used to be the thing that it is now the iphone changed that like we can draw a pretty clear line in 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 that sand but like it didn't used to be a thing that anybody really cared about except that in the olden days um when you had to stream the announcement over a dial-up connection, yes, dial-up. Uh, you heard me. Ask your Andrew. Ask your parents. Um, when you had to use a dial-up <laughs> connection to look at the to look at the stream, then you ended um, like that was when we used to get new laptops because we used to get new software in January and new hardware in June. That used to be the rule, like such as it was. And you know, and then eventually, like with the iPhone, all of that changed. And so, like this, and this has turned into a very different event as more people have become Apple users, whether it was macOS or iOS or tvOS or watchOS or whatever the crap else they were announcing in that two hour thing. But it's a very different event than it used to be because, like, I think David, I was talking about it with you on on in touch with iOS, where I was a guest recently, not once but twice. <laughs> and 
uh, we talked about how like on what like they did this Monday and Tuesday morning, every network morning talk show was talking about. I guarantee it. I didn't watch it, but I guarantee every one of them had a bit about Tim Cook unveiled the new version of of operating system for your phone and your computer yesterday. Yeah. And here's here's the three things that you need to know that, you know, you you can look forward to when it comes out like every one of them. And it used to be that there was nothing. If Apple had burned down one infinite loop, it wouldn't have rated a mention on a morning talk show. And now this is where we are. So it's a very different event than it used to be, which I think also shows in some of the stuff that they choose to give us in the morning keynote and why sometimes the afternoon event feels so very different than the morning one, because everybody like the rest of the world quits paying attention after the morning right. one is over right. and like yeah. sort of the real keynote, this is the thing I've heard about dub dub for years. The real keynote is the state of the union that happens in the afternoon. Actually, I think so, until last year, the rest of the world couldn't even see the state of the union. That's true. Yeah. You had yeah. to have a ticket. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's so, been available on the app for a couple of years. To developers. Yeah, um, you could have the free account and get it. Yeah, but you had to hmm. register for a developer account. It was a low yeah, bar, but it was there was a bar. Yeah, yeah. Okay. but but Frank, I think one point that we haven't talked about though, and and you, your point is well taken. You know, who has all the devices? Well, yeah, there are a lot of the the, the audience to this show that will have the, those devices, and definitely this panel. But I also think there's a larger issue of just oh, demonstrating the Apple ecosystem, and and what right. Apple is building into it. And, you know, is is that particular demonstration going to sell a company on adopting Macs for some or all of their workers? I don't think so. But at the same time, it's going to simplify things. It's it it's going to show that, yeah, this this is a, an organization who is building things that can work together. And I, I think that's that at a 30,000 foot view is very, very important. That we continue, we're, I mean, we sit here and grouse a little bit about, gee, are the platforms coming together? Oh, my God, this is fantastic, or this is the end of days, uh, depending on your point of view. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's such a bad thing for the the regular, the real users out there who have those devices and want to move things, and they have something on their iPad, and they want to move it to the Mac, and it's like, now, how do I do this now? Can I send it through iCloud or should I try to export it to Dropbox or do I do it through AirPlay, uh, not AirPlay, um, AirDrop? Side, um, sidecar. Sidecar, email. I mean, how do, how do I get this done? Yeah, right. And showing it, and making it easier and showing how it can be done, I think is really, really important. Mm -hmm. And remember, Apple's Point got well way taken. more customers on iOS than they do on macOS. Orders and, of magnitude. And, and they want to, you know, bring more of those customers over. You know, it's like dump your Windows mm -hmm. thing and, you know, come True. on over here. So I think that's what that kind of feature is about. You know, try, you know, you know, I don't think by itself it's going to do that, but it's just one little, oh, yeah, if I had a Mac instead of a Windows machine, I could. Control them all with one mouse and one keyboard. I think David yeah. could attest to that when Christopher Lawley was at the uh, user group meeting. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely uh, different. That's for sure. Oh, I, I watch. Wonder, I watch him constantly. He's amazing. Yeah. Are you the, about? the only issue that I have with what Chuck was saying was it it convincing people on their iOS devices to move to the Mac is you have to initiate this from mac os so you're 
Like, I don't, I don't see how people that are on an iOS devices go, how do I get this to my computer? They're like, Oh wait, first thing I have to go fire up the old thing that isn't running anymore. Uh, let me cut it on and see what happens. Oh, I haven't even installed Monterey yet. Well, this isn't going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think if airdrop didn't do it, I, I don't, I don't think this is, I think I agree with you in that it is a business. It's a business idea that, that is a beautiful story. It's a beautiful, uh, what I like to call a demo piece. You know, sometimes you have a great, you have a great thing you want to show because it's like, now watch everybody go, Ooh, when you do it. But ultimately I don't think anyone outside of folks that listen to this show or all of the other Mac and artistry, like, are going to ever find out about this unless it's by mistake. But when they do find out, they're going to have their minds blown. And that's always delightful. fun to watch. Yeah. But Jay, I, I, I hear what you're saying and I agree with it, but I think we're doing it again. That's the way it is right now. What will it be in a week, two weeks, a year? You know, it's, it's, it's yet another step forward. And that's why I said what I did about the 30,000 foot view. I, I think that we have to look at so many of these developments, small and large, from that perspective, because Apple plays the long game. We all know that. Mm-hmm. And if you're taking a short term view, then you're really missing, I think, a lot of the a lot of what is has made Apple great and I think will continue to make Apple great. Mm-hmm. That's I, wanted add, I wanted to add that uh, just going back a little bit to uh uh, you were talking about uh, Brittany Fine and discovering new features that they didn't even announce at all. And, and it's, I just find it intriguing, the fact that, that there's been a lot more, I guess we could call them Easter eggs, that the things that they never really said that's out there and it's out there. Like today, there was an article in Mac Rumors so talking about the Files app now being able to click and hold and drag a selection and be able to pull everything over as well as compress, move and copy and all, all those things. So that you got you have that activity. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing too is well, which interests me only because of working with uh, Windows, uh, that it's supporting NTFS read only. Um, I mean, because you are going to get your, you are going to get dry. Someone might, might someone might give you a, a, a external mania that's NTFS yep. formatted, and then you you you, would, you need to be. I hope not, but no, they will. Uh, it's gonna happen. What yeah, is iOS the, is supporting that? Is that iPad OS and iOS? Yeah, is supporting it through the Files app. You can plug that plug that external uh, device in, and it's going to be read only, Ooh. but you'll be able to at least get get the files and copy them over into onto your Hallelujah. iPad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is it, the, those. When you hook it to a Mac, is it also read only? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So they just ported. Yeah, you know, you're going to uh-huh. see more and more of that where you know yeah. uh-huh. the platforms just do but, the same thing. But but, but my point is. It, I, it, it's interesting to see what's been happening with the, this version of iOS and iPadOS that they've uh, they're, they're they're doing a lot of things that they aren't thinking that are very important. But there's a lot of people out there like us that are out there looking and mm-hmm. seeing what's what's uh, what's different and and it's something that people aren't talking about. And uh, yeah, this is some cool stuff. I'm I'm pretty pretty intrigued that if there's going to be more. I bet there will be. I've got two oh, yeah. words that I keep hearing on YouTube about iOS progress bar you wouldn't believe how people think that's mana from heaven and now they can go into their files and it's like look i don't have to sit there and sort of guess how long it's going to transfer it shows the minutes the time and i know what to do but people are just little things like that that's the stuff that grabs you so so forgive me i i i'm i'm missing it what 
progress bar to do what on iOS? If you were dragging a file from your hard drive oh, into right. the files folder on iOS on the iPad, right? there was no way of knowing how fast it was going. You had no idea if how much was being downloaded, how quickly or what. And people kept screaming, please, please, we want a progress bar. And sure enough, they brought it to this beta. And I swear to you about maybe 80% of the YouTube channels I watch who were going over the beta, that, that to them was the greatest thing. It was the second coming. It's massive. You know when it's yeah. done. Like, it's a very, very simple thing that should have been part of the files app from 1.0 in my estimation. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. and, but here we are. And so like, we finally got it. It's very exciting. Um, you know, it, it feels copy paste level of like fundamental difference in what I'm getting from the operating system and how I'm able to interact with it effectively. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. Like, it was, it was, really it, it was, it was mentioned in that same article I just mentioned and I put in our mm -hmm. chat um, that, yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome Could be able to, you never knew how long it was going to take the copy, you know, from, mm -hmm. from one source to another on an iPad. Uh, you yep. just, you just never did now that that's, that's awesome. So that, oh. and it, I, th I think you're all kind of making my point that, you know, these, all these little changes, right. there, there were some that were annoyances. There were some that were more than annoyances. There were some that were only important to, to Frank, but they weren't important to David. They were critical to Brittany, but Kelly couldn't care less. And, and if, and if you were the one, if, if it was important to you, then it's like, why doesn't Apple do this? And if it wasn't important to you, then eh, who cares? So there you go. Andrew, I think I interrupted you. Sorry. Oh, no. Um, I was just going to mention, there was another feature coming to iOS and iPadOS and macOS that they didn't announce on stage, but I think it's still pretty important. And Kelly and I had discussed this on a episode of PDO, and that is iCloud Keychain will now be able to support uh, two-factor authentication codes. POTP, time-based one-time passwords are part of yeah. a Keychain. Yeah, yep. that was actually on Andrew's <laughs> wish list. So now uh, Andrew gets to, Andrew's has has taken the victory lap on a subsequent <laughs> episode of TVO. And now Andrew is in a, a respected Apple pundit and every goofy ass thing he says for the next 10 years, we all have to believe because he was right about this thing this time. So I will just okay. share my wish list with everyone. I don't make the rules, y'all. That's just how it works. I, 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 I quoted your article on, on my on the podcast as well. So <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, but it was it's one of those things that again, like Andrew said, like it didn't even rate a mention in the keynote, but it's massive because it's the kind of thing that's just gonna make everybody's security better. It's mm -hmm. exactly the kind of stuff we want Apple to do. Like Apple went, yeah, you know what? Backups. Like trying to back up your stuff sucks rocks right now. We're going to try and make that better for you. And they gave us Time Machine. And Time Machine, after a fashion, Time Machine did make it easier for anybody to back up, for anybody to have good backups, to have backups that, that reach back over time. And that's important because that's like a lot of people who wouldn't necessarily sign up for Backblaze or get Carbon Copy Cloner and set up a hard drive and do all of the things. Like we'll find it pretty easy to like, poke a hard drive in the USB port and runtime machine and call it a day. So that is a thing that Apple has done to help loads and loads of people preserve data. And this is a thing that's helping loads and loads of people level up security because the, the TOTP thing 
is just making it easier for people to have more secure, more security and a higher level of security with the stuff that they're doing. And it's part of the operating system, which means you're getting it for free. So at a minimum, mm -hmm. if you just let iCloud manage your passwords, you're doing so much better than you were. Yeah. I want to mark, welcome Mark Fuccio. He snuck in here on me. Mark, thanks for joining us. You're, uh, you're coming in late. And so I'm not sure how much of the show you've heard. Um, almost nothing. I am in late and I'm in your back, you know, I'm in your neck of the woods in your backyard. So, uh, <laughs> we smelled a lot of fresh cut Chuck's looking to the in, left. In, in yeah. I'm in, he's, in I'm in, he's in Chuck's spare bedroom. Is he out there? <laughs> yeah. what, where are you? The Mark? Zoom call is coming I, from inside the house. Yeah, <laughs> Five points. No. I am in Pennsylvania. Are you really? Oh, great. Great. Yes. Yes, you know, like, at uh, Percy Park. Oh, really? Oh, my God. That explains okay. the undisclosed location in your background. Yes, we have ah. to. We, yeah, we it's just, uh, yeah, just a hotel suite. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can talk via iPhone later. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Gee, I had no idea. I had no idea. Um, well, we've we've talked about shortcuts. We were just sort of wrapping up. Uh, just a any thoughts on WWDC announcements that didn't make you know the big the big time that were you know small and relatively uh, maybe not unimportant but came out after the fact. Anything that you saw that that struck you? One thing did. I don't know if it. I'm sure it has probably been commented on. I guess the fact that Apple will do a secure relay. So. Uh, you know, that will help uh, you know people uh, you know maintain an even higher level of uh, security and protection. So I imagine that's making you know, the uh, the people who make buku box selling, you know, invading and selling and tricking people and giving up their personal data. I imagine that they probably uh, you know soiled their underwear you know last uh, last Monday when they heard what Apple rolled out. It's going to be interesting to watch that particular feature get dissected. I know Dave Hamilton did some research on it for a Mac Observer article that was very good. And I think yes. they're going to be, there's going to be more coming out um, so that we all understand exactly what's going on and how much of our traffic can go through there and, and what the implications are. But at the very least, it's just one more thing that Apple gives you from a security standpoint that is beneficial. Kelly, you said you had one more thing to call out. Yeah, a thing that, that I'm not... I'm not so much interested in the fact that they announced it, but I'm really interested to see where it's going to go. And that is um, allowing the SLED on third-party devices. And right. what make, because I, they mentioned it as part of the, the, the model house thing. I think everybody was distracted by looking at the stuff in the model home. And so like, we didn't really pay attention to what they were telling us at that point. But um, you know, and I, I think it came like hot on the heels of, we're working with all these companies on door locks that you can unlock with your watch and with your phone. And that also sounds awesome. I am super duper excited about that because more than one time we've had this conversation in my house about being able to like unlock it with your watch. Um, but aside from that, they talked about uh, the assistant coming to third-party devices. And the thing that is the most interesting to me about that is that it feels like it, this is me being terribly optimistic. I'm a very optimistic person about stuff like this. And this is me trying to give Apple a ton of credit. So what I'm hoping is that what happens with this is that 
uh, the the S lady ends up sort of being forced to compete with the other devices, with the other assistants that she has to compete with the A lady, that she's going to have to compete with with the Google one, because because if they're going to make it available, nobody's going to want it on their devices if it sucks. So I feel like this is partly like Apple's opportunity to really show off what she can do to either turn it into something awesome or they've been doing a bunch of stuff that we just haven't seen roll out yet that is going to come out and is going to be something that's going to be worth having on your Sonos speaker, on your other devices, you know, like the other things that they're going to put out where you can talk to uh, that the S lady, I feel like that's going to have to be a thing that happens. And so I'm really looking forward to what that ends up being because we haven't heard a lot about that. And that feels like a thing that Apple was very, very much going to keep to themselves like forever because uh, she's pushing 10. I just talked to Dan Morin on daily observations uh, last week. No, not last week, two weeks ago. Um, the week before Dub Dub, I had Dan Morin on and we talked about how uh, she's pushing 10 years old because this fall she'll be, she'll be 10 years old. Jeez. And and part of why that's notable is because it doesn't feel like she's ever she ever went through the revolution that everything else did. Like she didn't get an iOS seven style revolution. She didn't get a, a going to to touch ID from a home button revolution. She didn't get touch ID to face it. Like there's never been the big change. There's never been the moment when they stop everything in the in the iOS preview and go, okay, look, we're going to talk about the assistant in your phone and how much more awesome she is and how much better she is at everything than she used to be and how great it is. Like we've gotten improvements in the voice. We've gotten improvements, some improvements in the thing, in the variety of things that you can ask her. But I really want to know where this is going to go because either hopefully what's going to happen is that, uh, it's, it needs to be worth people bothering to integrate it. And I hope that Apple has committed to that and turned it into something that's going to be worth other companies paying attention to and going, yeah, because you can buy a lot of things now that have the other two assistants on them. You can buy things that have an A lady and a G lady on them, but you can't buy anything that has all three. And now that Apple has done that, I'm very curious to see where that's going to go. Because the thing we got a lot in this keynote was, here's who we're teaming up with to bring you this thing that's awesome. And this is one of the ones I want to see the most. Cletus in the, uh, Cletus Heaps in the, in the uh, YouTube chat says smart homes are the new me. Because he he was saying Siri appliances. And yeah, I'm with you, Kelly. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this does develop um, and mm-hmm. and whether you know whether the other two smart uh, assistants will will fight back and maybe even try to to elbow Siri out of the picture mm-hmm. uh, that that you know and and what well, meant that that I think would be a mistake from a device manufacturer standpoint mm-hmm. because you're right if, if I could if I knew that I could buy something that could handle all three and not lose the security that Siri offers me, that would be the product I would gravitate to. Right. Well, mm-hmm. I had Jay on daily observations last week as one of the developers in my developer spotlight. And uh, Jay and I talked about how at Google IO, I don't know if we made it to the assistant, but we talked about how there were a number of things that they announced that really made it sound like Android was straight up coming for iOS. And it's going to be interesting to see what Apple's response to that sort of thing is. And yeah. the assistant was one of the things that they stopped and talked about during Google IO, if I'm not mistaken, right, Jay? Um, that was one of them, but I, I think the, 
the machine learning battlefield is is still going on um, everywhere. I mean, to bring up Chuck, remember, I hope you took your blood pressure medicine to bring up Microsoft Build. I mean, they literally showed the entire logistics like pipeline from brewers yeast to being dropped off at the store being virtualized um, and showing how they can track every single bottle of beer that leaves that is manufactured and leaves that thing up until they hand it off to the grocery store the convenience store, the liquor store and i think obviously apple isn't playing in that space apple does not do the the whole big business logistics thing. They don't have a Azure AWS competitor, but I think what's happening is all of these companies are really wanting to provide a show of force of like, here's how strong our machine learning, here's how strong our AI is. Um, because honestly, that's what the market's asking for is more AI, more machine learning, self-driving, self-operating, self-doing all the things other than self-making phone calls because you have a robot in the tube that can do that for you. But the thing that I think will happen with all of these competitors is the same thing that's happening in the video game console wars that is happening at the moment. You have a couple of places. I, I like to consider Apple the Nintendo here, where they've always kind of just done their own thing, kept to themselves. The people that love them, love them, and it's perfect. But then you have like this mic, or you have the Xbox, and then you have the PlayStation where they've constantly fought for exclusives. And now what they're doing is they're saying, we want exclusives on specific versions of the game. Ultra high def coming to PlayStation 5 first. Oh, this system now on Game Pass where you can play it on your TV without ever having an Xbox. I see Apple, Amazon, Google. I see all of them starting to do this, especially when we start talking about what is it called? Matter? Is that the, the con conglomerate thing that they're trying to do? Well, that's got something to do with HomeKit. Home yeah, yeah, all the HomeKit home stuff. The, the Smart Home Alliance thing got so, a better name. So yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be nice when they say, "Oh yeah, no, everybody, let's play nice." But then what they'll do is they'll, you know, Apple will go over to Twelve South and you know grab them by the collar and hold them against the lockers and go, "No, you're not going to use any of that Android stuff, are you?" And then you know Amazon, who I forgot who their CEO is now, but. You know, they're going to go grab, they're not going to grab Ecobee, but they'll grab someone else and they'll hold them against the lockers and go, now you're not going to use any of that home kit stuff, are you? And they'll basically start inking out these exclusivity deals that we see in the video game industry that we've just kind of gotten used to. And the end result is the same thing that happens with video games. You just wind up buying everything. And you say, well, my doorbell still works on this, my... My AC works on this. My TV works on this, which is exactly what this whole consortium is designed to prevent. But uh, again, show of force, great theatrics on the front. You go on stage and you go, we're working together. Government, please don't break us apart. And then you go behind the back of the school and you go, hey, look, I'm going to need you to play ball, right? I, uh, I struggle with this, Jay, because... I, I, I guess I look at it from the opposite side. I see that some of the features and everything, uh, they're differentiators to me is why would I buy? I mean, why would I, why wouldn't I just go and buy, you know, um, an, an Acme s s smart home assistant 
if it responds to the same things and does everything else that one each one of the others does. You know, so if if I'm Apple, if I'm Google, if I'm Amazon, I'm going to want to put differentiators in there. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Our conversation about smart home differentiation and why it could be a good or not so good thing continues in the next edition of Mac Voices. I hope you'll join us then. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.